What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Guy Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, is Robert E. Felice. Tables, ladders, chairs, guardrails, cucks. What what else have we got here, Tony? Barry. <laughs> Barry? Oh, what is that? It's Barry, the, the cuck writer in the room... That is also the open in our room. <laughs> Poor Barry. Yeah. You know, I've come to the conclusion. I don't know if you just want to dive right into the kickoff, but looking at Andrade and Zelina, I've come to the conclusion that Barry, the cuck writer, just doesn't want any happy relationships between a man and a woman. Somebody else in the Mega Maniacs had uh, put something out there about that. And yeah, it seems like that's the case in WWE right now. And obviously what we're doing here, if you haven't figured that out already by the title and all the other kind of things that go along with that is we're going to be breaking down the tables, ladders and chairs or TLC 2019 pay-per-view event, which just ended a few minutes ago. We have a lot to say about this. And this is one of those things that I'm going to have to preface ahead of time. If you do not want to hear somebody complaining about stuff, tune me out because I'm going to bitch. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I thought this event sucked so bad. And there are only a few things that I'm going to say positive about the whole thing. So strap yourselves in because there's a lot of, guess what? This thing sucked and this thing sucked. And you would have thought that they would have done this. But no, that's logical. And, you know, lots of different pain in the ass things like that. And I invite you to do the same thing. So what you should do is if you're listening to us on the audio-only platforms, you know, Google Play or Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or Anchor or whatever it is, hit the uh, star rating buttons or whatever it is on that. But you can't leave a comment. So go on over to YouTube, ring that little bell, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already, like the video, and by all means, leave as many comments below as you want to talk about anything that you want to talk about here, even if you disagree with some of the things that we're about to say. There's totally always on Smart Out Moment the option for opinions to be opinions, and you can agree or disagree, and it's not something that's going to get under my skin. I welcome it all the time. However, man, I'm going to rant about so much crap, and I want to start off with the kickoff. Now, we didn't have, up until right before this event had started, anything planned for the kickoff. Because they were just like, in typical WWE fashion, the way they've been doing it, it's like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Even though they never seem to figure it out. And their big idea was, we're just going to do Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But first, we have to talk about the other stuff that leads into that. I hated the Bobby Lashley and Lana part. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I thought... So there was stuff that I really enjoyed here, including David Otunga. It's been a few hours now, so I forgot what he said. I believe he said the the faction. He used a bunch of adjectives because he's a lawyer and he's talking about. Oh, it was like, like the egregious and nefarious and whatever. Like it was, kind of... it was like the the mendious and the factious and the. Just just a whole lot of legal jargon. And then Lana claps back with, are you really trying to talk to me about relationships? Let's talk about your relationship. And if you don't know, he's 
either went through or is going through a very nasty divorce with Jennifer Hudson. And wow, I, I got a kick out of that. And then poor Lashley forgot his lines. And Charlie Caruso tends to be a little shit stirrer. And <laughs> like, I enjoyed that, though. I can't say I hated this. I think I'm at the point with this Lana and Rusev thing to where it's like, it's so phony. But at this point, you might as well enjoy the ride. See, there's a lot of arguments that I'm sure some people are going to make about certain things in contrary to my point of view. And one of them is for people that don't like, like myself, who don't like the Lana storyline, a lot of the arguments I'm seeing are, number one, it's wrestling. It's supposed to be silly. Well, technically speaking, it isn't supposed to be silly. You know, like there are serious moments and we're supposed to buy into them as being serious, right? You know? Can't have it both ways in a lot of those different things. Second argument I keep seeing is, oh, this is just like the over-the-top soap opera stuff. If you don't like it, don't watch it. That's not what WWE should be aiming for. <laughs> and I watch it for my job, and I have to watch it, because if not, then I'm like not reporting on it. I'm not doing my job. So it's, you know, it's affecting me that way. If I didn't have anything monetarily invested in this i wouldn't be watching this crap because i don't like it we can speak to that because you often say that you stopped watching between like 2000 and 2000 2000, 2006 so that's where a lot of that stuff was occurring and you didn't like it so you didn't watch it right and it's like for anybody that would be like oh you never would tune out no for six years i didn't watch a minute of wrestling because i was just like fuck this i'm done and i would have done that a long time ago with wwe if i hadn't have made that you know my job which good job past tony (laughs) you know i don't like the storyline but i like the fact that they're getting a lot of weird mileage sneaking into, you know, like they're, they're throwing in a lot of just like, okay, how much can we say? We can repeatedly say the word sex and we're going to do this cheeky TMZ thing. And, you know, Bobby Lashley is going to be called the son of a bitch by Russo. So they're just, they're using it as a barometer, I think, for how much they can get away with, and I like that. My issue is I feel like this and many other things that are on this card are things that are just getting one particular person off. Maybe not necessarily the same person every time, but like that there's somebody backstage or whatever that just fucking loves this Lana shit, and it's giving them a chub, and they're just sort of like, this is the best thing ever because I like it. And I think it's Heyman. And I love Paul Heyman, but I think Heyman's like... Paul Heyman is kind of one of those guys where it's like, man, when he is on, he is brilliant. And when he is off, holy shit, is he off? You know what I mean? But then again, the same thing with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon could be like... Everybody that seems to go through WWE seems to have this either like they love him or hate him or they both love and hate him type of thing. Or like they've all had the one story... Where it's like, this fucking guy is a genius. Because he did this one thing and it made everything so much better. Right. Or they'll have the same story where they're like, and this guy is absolutely insane. And how is he not locked up somewhere or something? And it's like, 
this type of thing, if done well, this storyline could be amazing. But the biggest hindrances of it, Lashley is not a promo guy. And Lana, she is not a good actress. And she's just trying to be big and overacting. She's intentionally being bad. We can agree to that. If she's not intentionally being bad, there's a major problem. And even if she is intentionally being bad, she's succeeding. And I don't like watching something that's bad. Like, I'm not the type of person that will watch something like Sharknado. I don't get a whole lot of value out of watching something that's bad. I will say, though, The Room is fucking amazing. If you have not seen the movie The Room, you need to see it. Because that is just... That's like it cycles back. It's so bad that it, it comes back around the corner like multiple times being like, how in the hell does this even exist? But most of those like it's so bad, it's good movies aren't so bad that they're good. They're just bad. And that's even worse. Do you feel like this is very much the not in another teen movie of WWE? No, because not another teen movie is amazing. Well, that was the first one, right? So, okay, this is a superhero movie, let's say. Oh, if you're talking about that, like, this is, like, epic movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's the difference. For anybody who doesn't know, here, we're going to go Fanboys Anonymous rant here. Naked Gun, one of my five favorite comedies of all time. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, my number one favorite comedy of all time. Both of those in my top ten favorite movies of all time, I'm sure. Not Another Teen Movie, another one of my top t- top five favorite comedies amazing parody movies yet if you put disaster movie or something up there it's like i don't know it's the difference between eating filet mignon and uh dog food you know i'm assuming i've never had dog food before (laughs) that's a drug but i'll say this sharknado one you can get away with it it's okay this was odd but standalone, they still go down as like, oh, what a funny little moment. But you keep going to Sharknado 4 or Piranha 4D. And I think that's where we're at with Rusev and Lashley. Like, at first, you look at the one segment where Lana and Lashley are making out, and you go, this is strange. But after literally three months, they got three months out of this, Tony. And you know, you know what's amazing to me? Of all the stuff that they do, they got three months out of this, and they never had a fucking match on TV. <laughs> Which proves that you can avoid doing matches on TV if you feel like it, because they got three months out of this with not putting them on TV once. Hell, in the house shows... They even did pull aparts and kept them apart. They did not have a single match before tonight. Well, that's a running theme for tonight as well, is the idea of, hey, we can wait. <laughs> but why Why wait on that? Like, you don't wait on fucking anything, practically, and you waited on Rusev and Lashley? None of this stuff makes sense. And well, your your theory came true, by the way. Which one is that? The one where you said, "I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk you into not liking it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before we got started, Rob had said that he was pretty indifferent about this, and I'm like, "Yeah." By the end of me asking you a bunch of questions about how much this shit sucked, you're going to end up disliking it again. And yeah, look at that. We're in the first segment. 
we're 11 minutes in and we've only talked about the promo on the uh, kickoff. <laughs> That's right. We haven't even gotten to matches oh, yet. Man. That's why I said strap yourselves in, everybody. I will say this, though. I thought that this was a funny-ass moment. Booker T just starts saying about how he cut a check to his first wife, told her to take it and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's, like, happy about it. Like, I laughed so hard at that. He's having a fucking ball. Like, Booker T, more and more lately, is just, like... <laughs> I don't know, something snapped with him where he's just kind of like, whatever, I'm just going to, you know, have some fun and say some stupid stuff, and I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. But then we had Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo, because if the match that happened on Raw wasn't something that was, you know, all that impressive or sucking you in or something, then you want to see a rematch a couple days later? And this type of booking I hate so much. I always talk about how much I dislike rematches, but I really hate rematches that happen so quickly after each other, especially when the rematches don't matter, especially when nothing at all changes. What happened on Raw? Andrade started a feud, for some reason, we still don't even know why, with Humberto Carrillo, and he lost to Carrillo and got into an argument with Selena Vega. Six days later, what happens? They have a match, he loses to Carrillo, and he gets into an argument with Selena Vega. You did not need to do this twice. It served no purpose. It didn't change anything about the storyline. It didn't advance anything. It's the equivalent of re-watching it. Fuck, if it didn't work the first time, and you felt like people needed to see it the second time, acknowledge the fact that you fucked it up the first time. There's multiple things on this card that... There is no logical rationalization for it because, and I'll talk about this, like, especially with the Viking Raiders. If you think you did something wrong and you need to redo it, that means you did it wrong the first time. And the way to redo it is not to copy and paste because then it means you did it wrong the second time. You ever have, like, uh, you're trying to teach a kid how to do something and the kid does, does not listen? It could be something as simple as, like, you got to make sure you put the cap on the milk. Yeah. And it, and it's just like, did you put the cap on the milk? No. Did I tell you to put the cap on the milk? Yeah. There's your fucking lesson. Oh, okay. I'll do it the next time. And then the next time comes around, they didn't do it. And then you're like, let's just go over the same thing all over again. It's like, there is somebody in WWE or multiple people or everybody in WWE that is like, it's in one ear and out the other. They are forgetful. And that's why they feel like they need to remind people of everything every single week. They repeat themselves. They do things wrong multiple times. They purposely do things to just upset people as if they're in the right type of mind frame that they can upset their fans. Like, you're you're working with negatives here, guys. You know, people don't like you right now. Maybe it's not a good idea to piss them off or to make the same mistakes all over again. And like who watching this card ahead of time thinking, well, I got like six matches on the card. Who is going to go? Well, I'm not really interested in there. And then when they announce Andrade versus Creo, they go, oh, now I am. Nobody. Give me a break. Yeah, I had reported this for Fightful and a lot of people were just. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This. And then there were people who were 
kind of upset that these guys are relegated to the kickoff show. Well, that's another thing, too, is if you try to make, again, everything is the whole, like, I wasn't in the debate club, because first off, I didn't want to, but uh, I went on one debate thing throughout my, like, uh, middle school and high school stuff, and I wiped the floor with everybody, and then it was like, okay, I don't think I need to do this anymore, I'm just gonna win. <laughs> but, like, if you try to make the argument, like, if you're WWE, and you say to yourselves, okay, we need to do this Andrade Carrillo thing, and again, repeating myself, but just to reiterate this, because if people didn't see it on Raw, they'll see it on TLC. Well, here's your argument against that. Less people watch the pay-per-views than they do Raw. So that defeats your argument. Number two, if you show them recaps all the time, it doesn't matter because they're going to see the recaps and they're going to know exactly what happened because you didn't repeat anything. You just repeated everything. Number three, if you try to make the argument that this is something that's actually interesting and that people wanted to see it, why the hell is it on the kickoff? If it's that important, it should be on the main card. If you know that it's not that important and that's why you're putting it on the kickoff, then nobody fucking cares. <laughs> and I'm going to repeat this again with the Viking Raiders. You can't say something is good enough to draw interest that you don't want to put any effort into and that it's good enough. And at the same time say, well, it's not good enough to draw interest, so we don't need to put the effort into it. It cannot be both. Either you think people care, in which case do it at service, or you're just fucking up your job. Or you think that people don't care, in which case why are you doing it? You know, if I run a restaurant and I think nobody's going to order clams, why am I going to order a whole shipment of them? I don't know why I thought of clams. Steamed clams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steamed hams. So they have this match. Uh, there's like a lame spot with like a turnbuckle backflip thing. It just didn't work. Andrade gets busted open at some point. It's kind of slow. Uh, Starts to pick up the pace whatever way later than it should have, which is another theme of the night. The turnbuckle spot with the stomp, that was neat. But I didn't care, did you? Andrade bled a lot. You know, and I... Look, here's the thing with this. <laughs> here's the thing, there you go, ding. <laughs> What the fuck are you breaking them up for? Go ahead, Tony. Give me, give me, no, give me a real, re think in your brain. You're a logical man. Think in your brain for five seconds. One reason these two should be split. I can think of what they might think are logical ways, even if I nope. disagree with them. Well, fine. Give me that. Somebody either said, wouldn't it be interesting if Andrade was on his own? Instead, because we, he doesn't need somebody else, and that way he can start cutting promos now and do things on his own, and that way we don't need to use Lena Vega. Maybe somebody said, well, we need to do this whole Charlotte thing, and we'll this we have to break them up at some point that's, and get Charlotte on there. That's the one I think is making them do this. They want to do Charlotte with Andrade on Raw. Or, and I actually am leading more towards this than anything, a writer said it's interesting when people break up because <laughs> seriously somebody must have found out 
around the end of summer that their significant other was not being faithful. And then this person must have realized no relationships, be they business or pleasure, should ever work out. Yeah, it's just some bitter <laughs> fuck who... I don't know, I... I don't like when people put their own, uh, I don't want to say necessarily like political views because that's not political, but like their own perspective warps everything so much to the point that they can't see any other situation. I, I'll go with another little fanboys rant here. Uh, did you ever see Watchmen? Yes. The movie or the show? Uh, I've actually just watched the first episode of the show and I've don't know if I'm going to watch any more of it, but... Uh, okay, so the movie I've seen. The movie pisses me off. Because Why? the movie seems like it's 75% absolutely amazing, and that other 25% is Alan Ward going, Everybody's fucking awful! I'm an anarchist! And it's like... Yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. You think that there's not a single thing as a good person in the world, and you took what could have been an interesting story, and you made it where... The only thing you care about is that the takeaway from it is everybody agrees with your perspective on life. And I'm starting to think that the way that WWE is going down, that there is some kind of writer out there that has something out for relationships because there are way too many storylines going on right now that have some of them have been dropped and some of them are still going on that have been revolving for this past year around the idea that some kind of a couple has to have tension and it's like Mike and Maria Canellis, Lana and Rusev, Andrade and Zelina Vega. You can just like run down the list of everybody. And it's like, dude, stop repeating yourself. Well, now that Becky and Seth are on opposite sides of the morality spectrum, how soon before Becky puts Seth in the disarmor? I don't know. That wouldn't shock me. Especially, like, if it happens on the road to WrestleMania, wouldn't shock me. I had pitched, like, if you have nothing, nothing else, you know, Becky shutting the mouth of a loudmouth Seth Rollins isn't the worst idea, theoretically. She's over. He's reviled right now. Not the worst idea. And it seems to go in with their whole women are dominant perspective. Maybe that's the play for us. <laughs> I, you know, but it, it really, I wouldn't hate it. Compared to some of the other things that I compared think they might like, do. Compared to like Andrade breaking up with Zelina and, you know, Rusev being cucked. I, I don't hate the idea of Becky Lynch beating Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And for anybody who thinks that this is like, well, this is interesting storyline because I don't know where they're going to go from here. You know where they're going to go. What the hell is Zelina Vega going to do on her own? Nothing. This has happened a million times. Nine times out of ten, when they split up some kind of a tag team or like a manager act or something, at least one of the parties, if not both, does nothing afterward. Because they're not interested in the storyline of what happens afterward. They're only interested in the breakup. I mean, it Unless happened they're going to put like, her with Korea. Give him a bit of an edge. You know, if they do that, I'll retract my statements and I'll say, hey, cool. You had a game plan and you went and you did something. Because then at that point, Carrillo does need more help than Andrade. Andrade can get by on his own more. Like, he's got dip. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help out all that much. 
um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this. Because if you remember Andrade in NXT, he was floundering. And the Zelina character gave him so much direction and edge that when he won the title... I remember in our very own chat, everybody was like, Zelina's champion, because Zelina had added so much to the character. Now, because there's another weird fetish, they don't like managers. For whatever reason, in my lifetime, they never have. You know, I know, like, it was a huge thing in the 80s, but they've never liked managers for my lifetime. And it seems like Maybe they feel like Andrade can do more on his own because managers are dragging him down. And they'll realize their mistake way too late. Like the way the that AOP. they Yeah, I mean they've done this so many times, you just keep repeating the same mistakes and you never learn from it. I don't know what the issue is. They had Paul Eller in the AOP. And I'm guessing he didn't stay with them because he didn't want to do touring. He's an old man. Like that's okay, you know? He didn't want to do the schedule. But then you put them with Drake Maverick, and now you have them with Rollins because you realized, oh shit, maybe they should be with somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, that's not even all the kickoff stuff that I wanted to talk about. Because <laughs> if we had this thing, this is an Aleister Black thing. I got a problem with this too. He cuts a little promo, and he says he feels like he and Buddy Murphy are destined to fight forever. Under what fucking grounds, pal? He picked a fight with you, and you waited like four weeks to fight him. You aren't in a bitter rivalry. You haven't had a hundred matches together. Or you're... This isn't some epic feud. You're not like Brian and The Miz or Orton and Cena or something where it's like, oh, you're two opposites of the same thing. You fucking watched The Dark Knight the other day, and you wanted to rip it off because you thought it was a cool line. It's a lackluster feud. Don't jerk yourself off about that, you know? Who we're destined to fight forever. Fuck you. No, you're not. Come on. Stop, like... You know, you can't attribute that much value to something that doesn't have any value yet. That's so weak. I hate when WWE does this whole type of thing where they're like, you know, oh, what an incredible match we just saw. And you're like, that sucked. Where it's like, oh, you know, every year we do this thing and it's the best thing ever. And you're like, no, it's not really all that great. Yeah. The only thing I can say in terms of history that they have together, it is well known at this point that Murphy was doing literally nothing. And then he had a house show match with Black in NXT. And that's when they went, oh shit, we should do something with this guy. And that's about the only history they have. Yeah, that's not at all grounds to be like, we're destined to fight forever. But he knocked at his door, man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, come on, you could use that line for so many other things that are going on, even just in the current WWE right now. Like I said, Brian and The Miz. It could be like, hey, we've been doing this song and dance for 10 years, and we're probably going to be fighting each other forever. But for right now, we're going <sighs> to uh, put our differences aside to fight Bray Wyatt. Oh, 10 10- you just hit me with a cannon, dude. They have been doing this for 10 years, haven't they? Uh-huh. Wow. Now that's something that's worthy of saying you'd feel like you're destined to fight forever, right? 
Yeah. Not, hey, you knocked on my door, and a couple seconds later, I came out and went, huh? And then we waited for fucking weeks. <laughs> Why is he Tim Allen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because little did you know that Alistair Black sits backstage and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> Does that, that make, be, uh, I all right. I'll I'll give WWE points added if tomorrow night on Raw, Alistair Black comes out and instead of his theme song being the whole like, uh, no man is ever truly good. If it's just like, but da 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 da. So that's the fucking thing that happens on the kickoff. And then we get into the first match of the night, which is Hold not on. the first match of the night. Hold that on, they one more thing from the kickoff. Oh, there's another thing? Because they preview Miz and Wyatt. And all the, regardless of how the match went, which we'll talk about later, I enjoyed the short build to this match. They play the video. It's all good. David Otunga, who I had complimented earlier in the night. Wyatt says, I used to have a family, and they show the fucking Wyatt family. <laughs> they show the Wyatt family. David Otunga, in his infinite wisdom, says, he says he used to have a family. What happened to them? Did he throw them away? It's like, like you don't know what happened to the Wyatt family? You don't know that the Wyatt family is a thing? <laughs> that That just bothered me, because it's like, the repackaging of Wyatt has been so drastic and it caught on so well that I think you forget that Wyatt's been there for seven years almost. It's not like he's a completely fresh character. In fact, he was so stale that he had to come back and rehaul everything. And it just really bothered me that something as prominent as the Wyatt family, David Otunga says, he had a family? What happened to him? <laughs> the other day, uh, Seth Rollins was interviewed by somebody, I forget who, and he said, well, there's seven hours of WWE tele- uh, television a week. I'm like, no, there's ten. Well, you know what that is. That's because who cares about 205 cares Live about and NXT event? UK <laughs> main event? Yeah. But it's like the type of thing where it's like god damn it do your own people even watch your own product like does david otunga know what the fucking wyatt family is he should it's not like they were a quick act it's not like asking you to remember uh that chelsea green had popped up for daniel bryan yeah she's the therapist right yeah like then or shit even even more of an example to say when did scorpio sky pop up in wwe and then you have to go oh i can tell you when that was the uh, anger management. His hair. Yep, there you go. See? And you know what? And I'm not an encyclopedia about WWE, but that popped into my mind. You don't have to be an encyclopedia to know that the Wyatt family was the thing that existed. They won tag titles. One of them, Bray Wyatt, main evented, or not main evented, technically speaking, but was the champion going into WrestleMania and had a whole thing with Randy Orton. And, and they were the, called the Wyatt family. <laughs> and when they were like a real family, they feuded with The Undertaker and Kane and John Cena. Daniel Bryan. And they had matches with The Shield. The and, Shield. Yeah, they were a big thing for multiple years. And it's like, oh, I wonder what happened. What's that all about? It's like, all right, same rationalization. Somebody's just like, Hey, this Undertaker guy seems like he's kind of dark or something. I wonder if he's like, you know, some kind of a dark Dead. edge to him. 
Is he some kind of dead man? How much does this guy weigh? <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of things. Uh, Kane seems to be hanging around the Undertaker a lot. What are they related or something? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So they advertised. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know Peter had the same confusion that I had. They did. Uh, they said that the Kabuki Warriors match was going to open up the card, and then they quickly realized they fucked up because it's going to close the card, and the la- the latter match is opening the card. Yeah. Which, by the way, we didn't get to talk about this because it happened out of the blue on Friday, and we recorded on Wednesday. But I told you mm. this match would be a ladder match. Wish they would have done. Any angle, anything to make it a ladder match, but no, it's just breaking. This is a ladder match now. Again, and it's the type of thing that it's like uh, my my fucking catchphrase from the past bunch of years. It's not. That it's hard. not that difficult. It's not that fucking hard. All you had to do was have one thirty second segment of SmackDown where the New Day says. Oh, you want to wrestle us in a match? You want to do this whole old school wrestling thing? Well, we're going to have a ladder match. How about that? That's all you needed. That's it. Like, it's not some fucking rocket science type of shit. Like, oh, God, it pisses me off. So we had the New Day against the Revival. And for anybody who's going, oh, my God, you're 30 minutes into this and you haven't liked anything. Good match. This is one of the only things that's positive. This was fantastic. Lots of moments that looked like it had legit injuries, potentially, because they were just, like, actually crashing through stuff. Uh, the vertical suplex, then the splash, Big E through the ladder, the big ending off the ladder. I mean, this was just fun and good and the way that it should be. And it's not even something that they planned on doing because they didn't even want this match to be on the card. Well, I think they were going to do this uh, or New Day in a ladder match, but I think it would have been Ziggler and Ray. Right. Even still, though, I mean, it's like they didn't plan on doing that. They didn't advertise this as a ladder match ahead of time. And that I really would love to, like, sit people down in WWE and go, look, did you want this to be our ladder match or did you wait until the last minute because you didn't realize that it should be? Because I'd really like to know if that's the difference of it. Either somebody in WWE thinks, and I'm going to go back to this again for the Viking Raiders, of all segments tonight that I hated the most, it's the Viking Raiders thing. But uh, you don't like KFC. If there's either two philosophies going on right now in WWE, either there's somebody or multiple people that thinks it's a good idea to wait for pay-per-views. And it's like, well, if we don't put everything out there, then maybe it'll be interesting because we'll always have something to talk about. And that's why they do things like we're not going to announce the kickoff until close to the event, or we're going to have mystery opponents or, well, we know that we want to make this a ladder match. But we really want to have a news story on Twitter on Wednesday afternoon or whatever it is. That's what I think it is. I think that that's something going on right now. And you know what? To a certain extent, I can understand it. But to another extent, I think to myself, anybody who's a casual is not following WWE all over the spectrum the way that people like you and I are because it's our jobs. Now, I can talk to a dozen friends of mine that watch WWE and I can say to them, Hey, do you want to watch TLC? And they'll go, no, I don't even know what's on the card. Let alone, Hey, did you see that they switched it to a ladder match? They'd be like, no, I don't follow WWE on Twitter. So if you want to make sure that people tune in ahead of time, give them a reason to tune in as soon as you possibly can. 
tell the people that it's going to be a ladder match. And that way, there's not even a single day where people are going, why the fuck isn't this a ladder match? WWE doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Oh my God, these stupid idiots, they didn't even make this a ladder match. Why open yourself up for criticism when you can just very easily go, New Day versus Revival, and it's happening in a ladder match. Isn't that cool, everybody? And then people go, yup, can't wait to see it. God, yeah. it's stupid. Like, it's I, the same I, dumb uh, mindset as people that just like don't want to advertise a sale to a store ahead of time and wonder why people don't come to buy the stuff or if you don't market a movie and then people are like, Oh, nobody went to go see this movie. And then it's like, cause nobody knew that the movie even existed. Shit. I saw a thing earlier about Charlie's angels. I'm going to go on a fanboy's rant here. I didn't go to see Charlie's angels. I wasn't interested in it, but I saw a thing on uh, collider talking about it and the comments, multiple comments were, Wait, this movie already came out because they didn't advertise it well enough. So maybe more people would have seen the movie if you would have advertised it well enough. And maybe if you, if there's people out there that are like, oh, I didn't know this was a ladder match. Well, if WWE would have told you instead of just being like, hey, by the way, everybody's a ladder match. Okay, if you didn't follow us on Twitter, you wouldn't know that. Anyway, let's move on to this next segment and stuff. Then what the hell? Because this was a good match. It's like New Day is great. Revival's great. Put him in a ladder match. It's going to be great. And it was. It's not that hard. Yep. I'm so like... Uh, <laughs> we're only still even just getting started. And it slips <sighs> after this one. Oh, it gets so much worse, too. That's the thing. So before we get into the worst stuff, we throw out a quick plug. Uh, I have so much on my plate right now and we have so many things that are coming your way over the next bunch of weeks and days and so and i promise you i do not put no effort into all that i don't follow the wwe philosophy of things if i want something to happen i want it to happen and i want it to happen well so that applies to every aspect of everything and one of the is the patreon so uh if you want me to do more things in particular of any kind of capacity then donate to the patreon because we've got the pick your poison tier and one of the things we're going to be doing for that i keep mentioning fanboys anonymous we are going to be doing a fan tracks the audio commentary thing for batman and mr freeze sub-zero we're going to do that on tuesday yeah. so that'll come out tuesday night wednesday something along those lines so shout out to guest five for requesting that and we've got the options to do plenty of other different things over the course of however long it'll take so if you want to just donate a buck to show your support, that's greatly appreciated and can go a long way, especially the more and more that people do that. There's five bucks, there's 10 bucks, whatever the different tiers there are. And there's that for Fanboys Anonymous and for uh, Smart Out Moment. So that stuff is uh, something that I really want to make sure I really hit hard over 2020. And one of the reasons why I want to make sure that I give back to everybody that does that is there's going to be the Dark Cast. And I'll do at least once of the, one of those a month, if not two, maybe three, maybe four. I don't know. Maybe seven of them if I get the opportunity to do them. And I might even do, I know a lot of people are really interested in the heel and face turn things. I might even do like a weekly recap of that or a bi-weekly recap or something along those lines. So I take suggestions and I try to apply them. And I do the same thing with the fan feedback survey. So right now, while you're listening to this podcast, Go to smartcatmoment.com, 
And you'll see on the right-hand side, there's a fan feedback survey. And on the same thing, there's also the 2019's Markout Moment End of the Year Awards. So you can vote for that as well, where you can vote your favorite and your least favorite segment and the co-host of the year. But that's your opportunity to chime in and tell me your thoughts. What can we improve on? What are we missing out on that you'd like to see us add? And I actually do read the responses and apply them to the next year, oddly enough. Just putting it out there. Patreon, fan feedback survey, the awards. We got other plugs we're going to get into, but we got other matches we got to get into as well. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. First thing I want to talk about, those ugly green tights. So many people were so saddened by these tights. With that color and with that stain on the back, yeah, <laughs> it's like somebody said, I got the inspiration for ring gear, and somebody else went, what's the inspiration? And then they responded back, my toddler took a shit in its diaper. <laughs> this is like the baby poop green. With the portal in the asshole. Yeah, it's like, who like, the, uh, ugly tights, slow start to the match. They even referenced it multiple times on commentary about like, well, is this the pacing that you really want? No. <laughs> uh, Alistair Black's nose gets busted. And then they start trying to blame things on that kind of being like, oh, he can't get a, you know, get his, the steam rolling because he probably has a broken nose. This match could have been so good and it just wasn't. Yep. Uh, I thought it was high energy. I'll admit I had to write on this match. Oh, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I had to. Come on. Well, let me tell you something. Coco Beware would not be standing after a broken nose like that. That was gross. His nose blew up. And I had to write for the majority of this, because ROH spoilers were happening, so I didn't get to watch this as much as I wanted to. But from what I saw, it was just okay. I still think they're great. Like That doesn't mean I don't want to see these guys more. Please do more with them. I like that they were here. But it was just okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. And before even the nose stuff happened, it was just off to a slow start. And I felt like I know that these two can do better for a fact. Like they have in the past. Like Buddy Murphy's had a bunch of different matches this year that have been amazing. And last year, same thing. And Alistair Black, he's solid in the ring. Like he's had plenty of awesome matches over the course of his career. So there's no reason why they shouldn't have done better. And I don't know, maybe everybody's like got jet lag or something because this is a running theme for this night. Almost every match started very slow. I wasn't a big fan of that. It's, has he had, and I know this is subjective, please don't kill me, internet. Has he had one memorable match since being called up to the main roster last year or this year? Alistair Black? Yeah. To be honest, I actually can't tell you. I don't think about it. I mean, I kind of vaguely remember that he might have had a really good match with Cesaro on SmackDown. Was Black one of the six in halftime heat? Yeah, I think so. So he hasn't been on the main roster that long. It was um, Ciampa, 
Gargano and Cole against uh, Ricochet, Dream, and Black. And Black. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I feel like they could have done. God, doesn't that feel like that was a lifetime ago? Yeah, so much has happened this year. And that was in February? That was only February. I mean, it's almost been a year, but it's like, God, that feels like it was two years ago. It was Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, man. 2019 beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to have the, you know, the new year. And I remember specifically uh, on New Year's Eve telling Caroline, I'm like, this is going to be a good year. And I'm like, I can't wait for 2019 to end. <laughs> Not as if I'm one of those types of people that believes that magically the calendar switches and it ends up actually changing anything. For well, all you people that are out least, there that are like, you know, new me, new year, new me, that ain't changing anything. At least in retrospect, we can say going forward, 2020 will have a schedule that we're used to because 2019 hits you with a barrage of changes. I mean, one of the running themes of this year was I had said, well, the first, uh, the last week of March and the first week of April is going to be bad, but it'll balance out after that. And then everything just <laughs> that didn't. So. No. And then Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan came in and said, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and WWE were like, oh, you want to make this more difficult? Uh, Fine, then. Like, oh, yeah? <laughs> NXT, two hours. And you know what? We're going to do this event. We're going to add this thing in there. We're going to do this title change. By the way, we're going to add a title that's going to change at random moments. <laughs> that title's dead now, right? No, it's still a thing. They just don't give a shit about it anymore. Boy, uh, that died quickly. That's, that's another running theme of 2019. Boy, that died quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I uh, And I, we got to get into this. The Viking Raiders. <sighs> so... Monday so what Night are Raw. the 11 herbs and spices of Kentucky? <laughs> was it uh, Bodine, I think, in the Mega Maniacs, was uh, going on a, a, a rant about the um, that there's not actually 11 herbs and spices because they count salt as one of them. <laughs> I thought that was funny, Bodine. That's great. Uh, I haven't had KFC in a long time, by the way. It's been um, a while. I, I think I'm in the right that, like, I'm not missing out anything on that. But Their biscuits the Vi- are good. The Viking Raiders put out an open challenge and what happens after the open challenge on Monday Night Raw the OC says we're coming for the Raw Tag Team titles and they go alright open challenge or whatever now what's an open challenge supposed to be a way to entice fans to tune in a way for people to speculate and just let their imaginations run wild and hopefully if done well a means to surprise people so they're very excited that something special happened. I think we can all agree a a mystery opponent is best and only really works out when you go, oh shit, it's that person. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. It's pretty much never a situation where somebody's like, John Cena's doing the United States Open Challenge and he says, hey, I fought this guy a hundred times. But I'm going to put an open challenge, and then that guy comes out and goes, yeah, well, 101 is good to me. Let alone, mm-hmm. on top of that, the idea that they flat out said they were going to do this. <laughs> so that's why, like, when we were doing the predictions and I'm writing up the articles, I'm like, yeah, it's just going to be the OC. 
And anybody who thinks it's going to be anything other than that is going to be disappointed. Now, that means that WWE, again, to repeat something I said earlier, either WWE knew that the OC versus the Viking Raiders was not a good selling point. So they put the mystery angle thing there, hoping to get people to tune in and go, ha, I got you. Now you're watching it anyway. Or they legitimately thought that that was going to be surprising. If they thought it was going to be surprising, they do not have any means to judge their own product. Nobody should have been surprised about this because they flat out said it on Monday Night Raw. And it's just something that we've seen a bunch of times. If they didn't think that by advertising this in advance, if they would have said the Viking Raiders are defending the titles against the OC and somebody in the pitch meeting said, yeah, but nobody's going to care about that. And then somebody else said, I know, we'll do a mystery thing and then they'll do that match. Then that means that they know that nobody gives a shit about it. And if nobody gives a shit about it, Sing along with me, class. Nobody wants to see it on the (laughs) pay-per-view. If something sucks, it sucks. The end of it. Now, I like the OC. It sucks that they don't give Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows anywhere near the credibility that they should. But we've seen this how many times this year? A lot in the last few months. We've seen the Viking Raiders beat the crap out of them. We've seen the OC get one win over them at Crown Jewel. Either it's a feud worth investing in and they didn't want to invest in it, which means they're lazy, or they know that it's not something to be invested in, in which case, why are you doing that if you know that it sucks? And if your whole answer for it is, well, we just want to get you to tune in with the mystery thing, even though we know you're going to be disappointed, what's stopping people from tuning out? Or even worse, Saying, oh, the next time that they do a mystery thing, I don't know, they're just going to do the fucking OC or something stupid like that. They're just going to be lame and I don't trust them anymore. You can't do that type of booking. Yeah, I really think you're right in that they probably are going to start doing this now. And like, uh, oh, it's it's cool because you don't know what's going to happen. And it's like the third event in a row that's done it. Every once in a while, you'll get a, oh, that was actually kind of cool. But mostly just, okay, I could have seen that coming. It would not shock me at all. Because our our next bunch of events, which you can check out on the uh, pay-per-view schedule on the website, our next event is NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. God, that's a mouthful. Then we've got Worlds Collide NXT versus NXT UK. Also which enough. I know I know that they're not going to announce anything really in advance ahead of time for that. It's just going to be like, oh, things will happen because they don't really care. And then we've got the Royal Rumble, which definitively has question marks in it because they'll never say the 30 people. And even when they've said the majority of the 30 people, sometimes they've just said, eh, not that person like we advertise. Like, I forget what year it was, but I remember them advertising like that the Usos were going to be in it. And it was like only Jay was in it. Because they needed an extra spot for somebody else or something. You know, like, they, they do that kind of crap. Then we've got Elimination Chamber. And we've got... Oh, wait. Now, uh, we've got um, NXT TakeOver Portland. And then we have Elimination Chamber. And then, at that point, we've got WrestleMania and all that stuff. So, it would not shock me at all. And anybody that wants to go back to this point later on next year and say that either I was right or I was wrong. If we 
do the whole Royal Rumble thing and they're like, oh, good. We don't know who's going to be in that one. That's a good thing. If Elimination Chamber goes by and we have a blank spot on one of the Elimination Chamber matches, wouldn't shock me. I agree. It's like, who knows what's going to be the fifth person or, you know, the challenge the champion or, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it would not surprise me. And then at that point, then I'm going to go, okay, well, crap, we're going to do it for WrestleMania too. We're going to have like, somebody puts up an open challenge or somebody is like, well, we're going to wait until the last minute to advertise something or who knows what's going to happen with this title. We'll figure it out on the night before WrestleMania or, you know, like they'll do stuff like that. Somebody I think wants to do this. And that's stupid because if you put up a mystery, deliver with the mystery. I feel I would like to be in a marketing room for WWE because I feel like that's a thing now that they're like, well, this is cool because this will get hits and this can get social media engagement. You know, and that very well could be what it is. Maybe it's not even a wrestling person. You know, maybe this is a marketing thing. Like some the head of marketing's like, yeah, can you hold off on announcing that? I want to put that on Twitter instead, or like, yeah, or like, you know, let's not announce this match here because we can put it on Twitter, and then, you know, oh, let's not announce this person because then we can get engagement on social media. I, I definitely can see that happening. WWE, I'm putting it out there right now. I would be the worst and the best person for you to hire because I hate this crap. And if you want to actually change, I will be the bad guy if I need to, to be the one that's in a conference room that says, I don't want to listen to the marketing team. You're the same people that can't tell the website people what background you want to add until two days before the pay-per-view starts. Or like, hey, you're the same people that don't have it listed down as main events and actual uh, show. So no wonder nobody knows how that is. Zack Ryder recently, I think, tweeted something about that, didn't he? He was like, I don't even know what day main event airs. Probably. And it's like, great job, marketing team. You don't even have one of your hours of programming per week where you just question marks. Who the hell knows? Doesn't even exist type of thing. It's not even like randomly on TV to where, you know, a talent can find it. Yeah, it's like you have to have a subscription to Hulu. And I, I still don't know. It's Fridays or Saturdays or something. I don't know. But that's not even the worst thing about this whole Viking Raiders thing. It's just a matter of like, oh, let's do the stupid mystery thing. Cause we know it's going to suck. And why would anybody be interested? But they advertise ahead of time, the recap, the third recap of the night of the Rollins and Kevin Owens situation. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, maybe fucking AOP would have been better. Or maybe, you know, the fact that we have this Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo match added, we didn't have a Brock Lesnar match, we didn't have a Bailey match, we didn't have the Intercontinental title on the line, we didn't have the United States title on the line, we didn't have Randy Orton versus AJ Styles, we didn't have Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Like, there's plenty of things that could have happened on this card that people would have been interested in. And if you think people are more interested in the fucking recap of Rollins and Owens, put the match on the fucking card. Because for the first time ever on pay-per-view, no singles championships were defended and no male champion singles championships were defended for the first time ever. <sighs> and we still are not done talking about the Viking Raiders thing because there's still two big things about this. They started off with... Hey, want to see these people? Uh, people eat some KFC, huh? 
Ah, look at that. They got some buckets. Ah, look at that. You got the cute blonde girl that doesn't want to eat anything. You got the other blonde girl. You got the, you got the one guy who's just kind of like, oh, my God, I love the fucking drumsticks. Like, whatever. And I'm like, all right, you're really pissing me off with this pay-per-view, but fine. You gave these people some KFC buckets and whatever. You're getting your promotion and not the worst thing in the world. They go through the match. All throughout the match, Jerry Lawler's like, KFC's a thing. I remember KFC's out there. Did anybody give me some KFC? And I'm like, To the point fuck. where uh, Vince Russo, uh, Vince geez, Joseph was like, King, you're uh, you're really excited about this KFC, huh? Because I and wanted I, to say, he's like, we got the OC and TLC, and there's some KFC. <laughs> like, the whole match is just talking about KFC. And how does the match end? A double count out, which is like, that's never going to fly well on a pay-per-view. People are always going to be upset. And their idea of being like, well, but we'll make it up to them. We'll do this double count out, which again, of course, is to draw this shit out as long as possible. WWE is obsessed with stretching things out. That's like the theme of the whole decade. From 2010 onward, it's like, what can we do to make something like it's made out of taffy? Just stretch it as long as possible, do with the least amount of work. And then in our philosophy, well, you know, we'll have them put them through the KFC table. Some more goddamn advertisements for KFC. So they could have done exactly what they needed to do in this with a 10 second advertisement for KFC. Because that's all that mattered here. It was just. Let's advertise KFC. The the chicken, <sighs> the drumstick raiders. You know what I mean. I don't even want KFC. That's the thing. Like the the goal of advertisements for food commercials and stuff is to make you go, mm, "That looks good. I'm gonna get that." And I am not at all. I'm I'm hungry right now, legitimately hungry. And if you gave me a bucket of KFC, I'd probably be like, you know what? I've got a bad taste in my mouth about this. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> Their potato wedges are good. Their biscuits are good. That's not what was advertised here. I I wish tag teams mattered more. I, I'll say this. I wish wrestling overall, after the wrestling I've seen this weekend, which we probably won't get into because it was Ring of Honor and NWA, but the, the wrestling I've seen this weekend, I wish certain things were just taken more seriously. And, like, I miss the days of everything on a card, which we haven't had a lot of this decade. But I remember a time where everything on the card was legitimately built towards. It was all supposed to matter. Yeah. And again, it's not all that hard either. Like, if you didn't think that the... Viking Raiders and OC thing was supposed to be worth watching. You don't book it. You have like nine other matches that you're sitting on that you didn't want to book on this card. You could have done anything else. If you really desperately, desperately wanted this KFC thing, this is something that factors into everything. Any card or any TV episode, if the majority of the content is good, a bad thing once in a while is not going to be the worst thing in the world. But when the majority of the stuff is problematic, it makes every other problematic thing seem worse. 
because it's like if there if the matches that were on this like you know the Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy one if that delivered with their potential and then they went to I don't know like any of the other types of matches and stuff they they go along the list and everything and it ends up being like oh that that's pretty good and whatever and then we're sitting here at the end of the night and we're going well TLC had this weird segment in there where we talk about KFC okay but everything else was a highlight that KFC thing was stupid then you know what you still shouldn't have that problem because ideally you don't have any kind of things that people can complain about but like I don't know WWE can't sustain itself on the idea that something is good enough especially when these shows aren't actually good enough like by definition good enough means it has to be good you know <laughs> when everything is treated with the work ethic of like well if that's good enough that's whatever and then when you point it out and you go yeah but that wasn't good it was shit then that means that everything is shitty yep so the bare minimum is called the bare minimum because it's the minimum not because it still fails. And this KFC thing is awful. And at this point, very easily on my list of the people that I really kind of run down this year, not for their own skills, by the way, but for creative direction, the Viking Raiders have sucked in 2019. Yeah, they're, uh, they're right up there with black. I talked about it with black. I, they haven't done anything interesting since signing. They changed their fucking name for no good reason. They come up to the main roster. They drop the tag titles way after they came up for some reason. They change their names to Eric and Ivar. They become the Viking experience and they win a couple matches as heels. Then they go away for a while. Then they come back and start beating a bunch of jobbers. And then they start having these feuds and it's like, Oh, it's a KFC thing. Let's just do this. Let's do that it's almost like they don't want them to succeed or something. And they're again, doing the bare minimum. They're like, well, they're the tag team champions. Who the fuck cares if you're not doing anything with them? You know, I'm really waiting to the point where it's just like, just fucking put the belts on AOP. I know you want to just do it. You know, I really, you can say what you want, but I really like when they do the thing where they put the tag titles on singles guys. Because the belts never matter more. Think about like Rollins Ambrose against Ziggler McIntyre or against The Bar. Those were high quality and important tag matches. If you, to play a little bit of creative control kind of stuff, just because anybody that is listening to this and going, oh, you think you can do better? I think I can. And I think that you can too. And I think plenty of us can. Let's just say the reason why they're stalling this OC thing is because they want to do AOP as champions going into Mania. How would you, leading up to TLC, say, okay, this is my pitch for what we do for TLC, Royal Rumble, and so forth? Now, where you, like the end game has to be AOP takes those titles somewhere around WrestleMania, whether it's on the WrestleMania card or before it or whatever. They're just like, we, all we care about is the belts need to be on AOP and we have to wait a couple months. Now, do they have to take it from the Viking Raiders? No, not necessarily, but more than likely 
Like, it'd be the type of thing, I guess, where it'd be like, look, we want them to beat the Viking Raiders. If you can think of something else, we're open to the idea, but that's their goal. Because if I couldn't take it from the Viking Raiders, I go night after SummerSlam, or Star Series, and, oh my god, AOP was challenged by Seth Rollins to do something, so they're going to challenge the Viking Raiders. Oh shit, Fish and O'Reilly are still in town. Because of Survivor Series, they just cost the Viking Raiders the championships. You're out of there. You got the belt on AOP. Viking Raiders are pissed. They can't do anything, but they're upset. Maybe you do. Well, that one. wouldn't be at all the goal, though. The goal would be we we have to wait to put the tag titles on AOP. So you want? So give me a date to put the titles on AOP. Let's say. Knowing WWE, they tend to do things more like that they would win the tag titles leading up to WrestleMania instead of winning it at Mania. So either they win it at Elimination Chamber or they win it on Raw in February or March. Then. That way you could do like Viking Raiders versus Street Profits versus AOP or something like that, you know. Then I would say you had the Viking Raiders fight the Street Profits. You could have the OC come out, do the table, put the Viking Raiders through tables, do exactly what you did tonight, and make it make sense of the stupid double countout thing. And then you have them go through January of, you know, we've been raiding, we're undefeated, or not we're undefeated, but we've been raiding, we've been Ring of Honor champions, we've been IWGP champions. Uh, and then they get challenged by AOP for the rumble and because of the connection with seth the aop gets it at the royal rumble and inside the chamber you can do a rematch then at wrestlemania you do aop against few profits against viking raiders against the oc and then if you want night after mania you turn the oc face you can do Rollins and AJ, and you can do AOP OC. How many weeks is it between Survivor Series and Elimination Chamber? That's what four, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, About maybe twelve to fifteen. I think I'd probably ignore the Viking Raiders on a couple episodes of Raw. Because, again, if you th- are of the philosophy that the Raw tag team titles and the SmackDown tag team titles don't ever matter, like if you're Vince McMahon and you're like, I don't like tag team titles, then you wouldn't care about ignoring them. But I think I'd go with like, all right, we're going to challenge everybody on this roster and we're going to make sure that we run through the whole roster. So one week we're going to set up something with um, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are going to beat some kind of tag team and they're going to become the de facto number one contenders Next week, they're going to lose to the Viking Raiders. The week afterward, the Viking Raiders are going to say, well, we beat them and whatever, and we beat local jobbers. We're on to our next challenge. The week after that, you set up another tag team. Maybe it's Mojo Rawley and somebody. Maybe you even play around with the idea of like people trying to form tag teams to try to beat them because it's like, well, I'll try to get this guy. I'll try to get that guy. We'll try to beat them. We'll try to do this. Well, you know, whatever. Pair up the people that aren't doing anything. Do Try something. I don't know. And then you do the whole AOP is all like, you know, well, you didn't fucking beat us. And then they beat them or whatever. But 
want, no pitch to me would ever be we wait and we do a mystery thing and we just go with the OC who says it ahead of time that they're already going to fight for those bag, uh, bag titles anyway. And we'll wrap it all up in a package of KFC and do a double count out. So that way, because they'll probably do it again tonight on Raw. That's the thing. We're probably going to get on Raw tonight. Umberto Carrillo versus Andrade, number three, which doesn't need to happen. More recaps of the Seth Rollins stuff to eat up time. Recaps of TLC. A rematch between the OC and the Viking Raiders because oh, it ended in a double count out when we want to have our match or whatever. And that'll probably lead into some kind of like AJ Styles comes out and it's, the referee goes, no, 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 we won't want to do that. And Randy Orton comes out and we're going to do a six man tag. And, you know, like, no, they're, they're fighting one on one. Who? AJ and Randy. Why the fuck couldn't they have done that on this card? They now have I don't know. Oh, my God. They're fighting it's... tomorrow night. They they announced it at SmackDown, and then they re-aired the commercial tonight. Oh, my God. It's really... Let it out, Tony. Come on. WWE is telling everybody, either subconsciously or actively saying it, our pay-per-views lead up to our episodes of TV. We want you to tune in on the TV. And when you watch the TV, we go, well, it's all building to the pay-per-view. And then you're like, well, that doesn't work. Now, to then be the pay per view leads up to the TV, and nothing ever fucking happens. To be fair, I'm doing 2001 Wrestling Odyssey with Cal Wiggins, and that was their entire philosophy, and it did work for the most part. It's just 1998 booking strategy doesn't work in 2019 because times have changed, and they haven't changed with the times. Well, you know what isn't a change? What's that? The change between a street fight or a no DQ match or a TLC match oh, when it's pinfall I, and I, fucking submissions. You know, as soon as he, as soon as Roman grabbed the kendo stick, I was like, Tony's gonna say something about this. <laughs> did they even use a table or a ladder? They did not use a ladder. They did use a table. Is that counting the commentary table? Which, by the way, didn't yes. have TLC on it? Yes, it is. Like, why the fuck did it have WWE Network? You're watching it on the WWE Network? You don't need to advertise that? Why don't you put TLC on there? Oh. They used the table other than that? Uh, Roman did when he slammed the jabroni through it. Oh, my God. It's a TLC match. It's I've gone on this rant a bunch of times, but TLC matches should not exist. There's no point in them. But even well, more offensive to it is just this match was slow and boring. Well, let's talk about this. Why did TLC... I will never not mention this. It was only invented because Dudley's had tables, Hardy's had ladders, and Edge and Christian had chairs. Mm. It was just a ladder match. That allowed McFoley to do the Wizard of Oz bit of tables and ladders and chairs. Oh my! And here we are, and it's been a pay- it's been a pay per view for the last decade. It's so stupid. Yeah. Who in WWE thinks that that like? Ah, oh, I just want to like strangle somebody because it's like <laughs> we had that that stupid Bailey and. Uh, 
Alexa Bliss kendo stick match, and it's like, what is a kendo stick match? Oh, it's a match where there's no disqualifications, and you can use a kendo stick. Okay, so you can use anything else? So why the fuck are they trying to get the kendo stick if they can just easily walk off to the side, grab a chair, and beat the shit out of the other person? Oh, they can't because it's a kendo stick match. Uh, is it no DQ? Well, yeah. Well, then they can fucking do it. Like, Corbin used a can of dog food. And I'm like, all right, cool. That makes sense. He's been using the dog food thing. Did that instantly make it a tables, ladders, chairs, and dog food can match? <laughs> Especially since we didn't use the fucking ladder. So it's, this isn't a TLC match. This is a TCC match. Table, chair, and can. <laughs> And it was just boring and stupid. And we had better brawl segments on SmackDown. And where does this lead? Uh, Roman Reigns loses because a bunch of people attack him. Which, by the way, why the hell does Roman Reigns have no friends? Yeah, they're doing that thing again. Isn't he a locker room leader? Okay, can we talk about that? (laughs) Can we pause? And I had mentioned this. I think it was with you. I don't know. I do a lot of these now. Um, yeah, we had a whole discussion about these. I fucking the hate that term. Crowd. That term is stupid, man. Well, why is that their go-to term right now? Seth is a locker room leader. Roman's locker room leader. Corbin's the locker room. That's such a stupid term. It works for it works Survivor in Series. Re- no, not even. It works in realistic context of... The Undertaker was a locker room leader. You know? You don't apply that to storyline when it doesn't make sense. Well, why would he be feuding with Reigns, uh, Corbin, I mean? Why would they be feuding with each other over the locker room leader type thing? Like, Corbin doesn't want to be the locker room leader. No, because they have that... This is their new like power term for some reason well if you're the locker room leader that means you have stroke and it doesn't even so though it's like if he is a locker room leader not a single person came out to help him yeah where's corbin and ziggler and the revival and a bunch of these other mooks and they're all just the new day shows up later (laughs) let's yeah let's let's jump to that because this happened between the rusev bobby lashley match and the kabuki warriors match later on they go to this that they've apparently still been feuding backstage they're all fighting each other the street profits are basically like hey uh you know get a vasectomy and uh this brawl starts breaking out and (laughs) i i understand why the new day is fighting the revival Why is Shorty G fighting Buddy Murphy? That is what confused the fuck out of me because Shorty G's fighting Buddy Murphy and then the Street Profits start stomping Buddy Murphy. Like, wait, what? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I didn't see it. I actually rewound it three times trying to find him. I don't think Mustafa Ali was in the mix, was he? Nope. So, Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns are fighting. The two Revival members and the two New Day members are fighting. What was Dolph Ziggler doing? Helping Baron Corbin, I thought. No, he was fighting Big E. So they had one 
extra person then that they didn't need Buddy Murphy because it could have been Ziggler and Shorty G fighting. But then it became the abundantly clear. Fighting. By the end of the night, the Viking Raiders are fighting. It it sounded to me like this is a plug for the Rumble, and they didn't plug the Rumble. <laughs> or that they still think that Survivor Series is going on and that these are some feuding brands. Right. Is that like the thing? Like, did they go, well, we had a little bit of an upswing with the Survivor Series thing. Let's just keep doing that. And even if it doesn't make any sense, like, this was so stupid. I mean, no, Buddy Murphy has nothing to do with this. Why the hell is he getting involved in it? He's not even on the same roster. I don't mind big brawls. I mind unexplained big brawls. Even if you, I would have hated it, but even if you just would have said, and, oh my god, the Royal Rumble's come early, or, oh my god, this is what it's going to be like in January at the Royal Rumble, we'll see you next year, everybody. No, nothing. Hmm. But we'll get to the way it ended later, I guess. Well, let's, let's talk about it, because after the main event... Uh, they just go. Eh, by the way, we, they're, they're still feuding. <laughs> no, like let's let's really talk about it. Oh my god, the match is over. Oh shit, here's that fight again. Oh look, Roman Reigns is up on the balcony and he spears Baron Corbin into everybody. Now, granted, that's a cool visual. Roman spears Baron Corbin off the balcony onto everybody. Cool. Made no sense. And doesn't that just kind of make you think again that they're writing this as if it's an episode of the TV show? Yep. But it's like, why are you writing it as if it's the TV show? Like it, it isn't, it's the pay-per-view. And then some people are going to argue because people try to freaking help with WWE for some reason. They'll be like, yeah, but it's going to make you tune in. I don't think so. Now, if anybody thinks that that's the case, I argue any kind of debate, you need facts for backing up certain things. Did that work with any of the other pay-per-views that they've done similar things? Did the ratings go up at any point this year? Nope. Other than like one particular week here and there and negligibly up. We're not getting 5.0 ratings anymore. So if the ratings from tomorrow night's Raw don't go up some kind of drastic event, then you know that that booking does not help the ratings. In which case, you've done well over an entire year of saying, well, the pay-per-views are just to kind of build towards the TV shows, which are just to build to the pay-per-views, which are just to build to that. If it doesn't actually translate to any kind of more viewers, then it's not working, and you can't say that that's why you're doing it. It's because it works. It isn't. Plus, these guys are SmackDown guys. Tomorrow night is Raw. Yep. You can't follow it up directly with that. And if you fuck up Monday Night Raw, you're going to fuck up the build for SmackDown. So you have to have a good... What you need is, to get positive word of mouth, good advertisement, good product, and then good word of mouth from people that went there and are going to recommend it. That's every single business that's out there. I've told people about restaurants that I've liked. For instance, anybody's in the New York area, go to Gnocchi. Fucking amazing gnocchi. 
And if you're around that area, go to the stuffed ice cream donut thing that's around like a couple oh. blocks away. It's so good. One of the best donuts I've ever had. And the ice cream is great, too. There you go. Now I just potentially gave them business from anybody listening to this because somebody says it's good. And if they're like, oh, Tony liked the New Korea. Let me go and eat that at some point. And now you got a meal out of that or something. And I wouldn't have advertised that if I didn't think it was good. That's how WWE should work, too. If I looked at this TLC pay-per-view and the match like the Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin one, and I said, well, you know, that didn't work out all that well, but I'm supposed to tune in to SmackDown, then I'd go, wait, wasn't the SmackDown episodes ahead of time all about I have to tune into TLC? So if you're telling me I need to watch the thing because it's going to lead to the thing and then that thing's just going to lead to the thing and then I'm going to go back to square one again, I'm not going to believe you. Yeah. Really quick plug. Merchandise shop. Too public and Redbubble. Again, if you have good product and you think that you like something or whatever, that's when you want to advertise it. I personally think that some of the designs that I have, some of them, of course, have been taken down. But like, if you check out the Fanboys Anonymous Tee Public stuff, I think some of them are funny. And I don't think that people should spend a $9,000 on each thing, but I think that it's worth it to pick up a sticker every once in a while or something like that. So if you think so, check out the Tee Public and the Red Bubble for A-Mango Tees, for Smartout Moment, and for Fanboys Anonymous, and see if there's anything you're interested in, because there's lots of different types of merchandise, lots of different types of designs. And if not, hey, then that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> And and you know you know what else is okay? We the WWE this is by Wyatt Miz, right? Yep. Okay. That's our next one. And I almost did WWE Universe Championship match, but it's not. Because for some reason uh-huh. no singles championships were on the line. The referee for still he for some o- showed he the belt. almost fucking held the belt up. He almost did. <laughs> he showed it to the Miz, and I almost said, wait, is this a title match? I was getting ready to type out, when the hell did this become a title match? <laughs> Which, Which I w- if that would have been the case, it would have been like, not only would it have made more sense, but it also would have been like, well, then why did your advertisement team fuck it all up? Because the marketing team never said it was a title match. They said it was non-title. There's no win of that situation, because it's like, then it should have been that. Because and I But I would have let it go, because... It would have made more sense. Yeah, it should have been a title match. There's no reason why this was a non-title match. The Miz did not win. So you can't even argue that the reason why they wanted it to be a non-title is because they wanted the Miz to win, but they didn't want him to win the championship. There is no reason why you shouldn't have dangled the possible title change over people's heads. And it's not the same thing as like the mystery angle where it's like, well, maybe that'll happen. No, title matches have a built-in mystery behind them of, and that's kind of the whole point. Maybe the the champion's going to lose. (laughs) If you go into a title match without the title on the line, then people go, oh, it doesn't matter. And if it doesn't matter because the person won anyway, then it's like, well, that really doesn't matter. This was a weird match. I didn't like it. This was strange. Now, you had linked me to Brian Alvarez. He tweeted out that it was something the equivalent of like he thinks that Bray Wyatt's had the ten worst matches of the year. Yeah, he pick. said if if Bray Wyatt would have come back in January, he probably could have been tied for the ten worst matches of the year. I am 
of those opinions that I'm sure lots of people really hate of I still don't think Bray Wyatt is as great as everybody makes. Oh, you won. You won because <laughs> we sat here fucking SummerSlam. I was like, I love it. It's amazing. This is good. They quickly turned it into nothing. Why is every single one of his matches just he gets the shit beat down of him and then he wins? Why is he pulling a John Cena? I'm more than that. I'm mad about the character development. Because again, they started the match out going, okay, Wyatt in this form doesn't want to be a fighter, which I was like, cool. That's weird. He beat the shit out of the Miz on the show. And then makes no sense, but he, yeah. took the, he took the shirt off as though it's like a weighted blanket for security. But as <laughs> soon as he took the fucking sweatshirt off, uh, Wyatt was ready to kill him. Proper storytelling tells you if Bray Wyatt in the sweater and the fiend are two different personalities and two different entities. And you know, you're kind of separating the two like that. They need to act differently. And, and they started out they, like that. Yeah, they started out like that. Where to? I had been saying for weeks. I was saying I want sweater Bray Wyatt to wrestle, and he shouldn't have attacked the Miz. The Fiend should have attacked the Miz, and they should have advertised it as a title match, and it should have been a type of thing where it's like, oh, well, the other guy is busy with Daniel, but I can play with you. And then they advertise it as, okay, the sweater version of it, the one that doesn't want to fight, is going to, he's going to try to play, quote unquote, with the Miz, whereas the Miz wants to have a fight. And if at any point things get dark, the Fiend might come out and then both of them will be fighting. You know what I, storytelling. You know what I really didn't like about this? Sweater Wyatt comes playfully running out. And he's so over that the commentary team is trying to make sense out of it. Like, oh, man, look at the hold that Wyatt has on the people here. And the people, yeah, we wowie. And then he he just beats him. Like, there, there's no fucking, there, there's no, oh, my God, Miss came so close. Nope, sister, we go outside. He makes it into the count of nine, doesn't even get like a moment to breathe, just gets hit with it again. And no, it's over. Yowie wowie. And the Reigns match ahead of time, Baron Corbin wins that in a way where people are like, wait, that's the end. And this match is like, wait, that's the end. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, that match was kind of shit. And then there's people online that are arguing, oh, fuck you, it wasn't supposed to be a good match. Why would you argue that something's not supposed to be a good match? Yeah, I don't like that argument. It, I know, I get the whole idea that it's like, well, the story is taking priority over it. But was the story really built all that much crazy, too? We didn't need Bray Wyatt versus The Miz because the whole point of this was Daniel Bryan made his return. Daniel Bryan could have made his return the week after he got attacked. They wanted to do The Miz match. And that's like, if you wanted to do the mismatch, why did the mismatch suck? Oh, because it didn't need to be a good match. Oh, then well, it didn't need to be a match then. You know, like, I, you know, I'm going to go back to a food analogy. If you're going to give me a bunch of appetizers, but they suck, well, then just give me my fucking meal. I'm not going to eat them. And I, you know what pissed me off about this is Bray Wyatt is in the ring and the Titantron flicks on 
and it's a still image of the fiend. <laughs> that's not and the fiend. That's a picture of the fiend. It's a picture of the fiend. And it's very <laughs> obvious that it's just a still image because they guess they didn't want to film anything ahead of time. So they just took that from another thing that they had filmed. And Bray Wyatt's looking at the screen and he goes, oh, okay, I'll do it. And he goes and gets the giant mallet. And that man, we've Michael seen Cole. multiple times now. Yeah, yeah. At, at least three too. or four times. I got Michael Cole is all, oh, that's some sort of a giant mallet. And I, did you I, see what's I on the Titantron? Call this the Hell in a Cell. <laughs> yeah. And he also asks, did you see what was on the Titantron? No, the cameras weren't focused on it for two fucking minutes. <laughs> it was a still image. You didn't miss anything. That's and you've sick. seen this that's giant mallet before. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah, this was. Not well thought out, shall we say. And it's like, anybody who's trying to argue that it was good, I know the reason why. You like Firefly, Funhouse, and Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and you like Daniel Bryan. That's it. Just admit it. You don't think that this is actually good, you just like those things. You know, I've done it before. I watched Terminator 3 three times in the movie theater. Only paid for it twice, but still. <laughs> Three times in the movie theater, and I bought the movie, and I've watched it at least four times since then, trying to convince myself that Terminator 3 is not a god-awful piece of shit movie, because Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time. I tried to convince myself of that. I've tried to convince myself that the new Star Wars movies are good. And I actually, the other night, I... uh was getting ready to rewatch The Last Jedi for the first time. And I was just like, I can't do it. And I ended up turning on, when I watched uh, the first episode of The Watchmen instead, I was like, I know that I'm not going to like The Watchmen, but at least, you know, like, I'll give that a shot. At least it hasn't had a chance to disappoint me yet, like The Last Jedi has and stuff. And it's like, I really love Star Wars. And they fucked it all up with The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens and plenty of other things that have been going on with this whole series. You like The Mandalorian? I've watched the first four episodes, and I think it's great. Good. Baby Yoda's awesome. If, <laughs> if, TL, if TLC was just Baby Yoda sitting there being all cute, I'd fucking love it. Baby Yoda uh, is probably the best pop culture thing going on right now. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I love the memes, too. For like the me sitting at the adult's table at Thanksgiving, sippy sipping my drink <laughs> and whatever. It's like... <laughs> so good. But it's like, I get it, you want to like the Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan thing going on and all that, but just be honest with yourself and say that you like the potential behind it, not that you like the actual thing, because come on, you don't like the actual thing, do you? Do you really? I will give credit where it's due, though. Daniel Bryan shaved off the beard and shaved his head, and he looks a lot cleaner, and I've always been saying for the past bunch of years, I don't like the whole scroungy hobo Daniel Bryan I. I prefer this type of Daniel Bryan. I call them the ghost of Ring of Honor past. And I think given the current look of Daniel Bryan and the current state of Ring of Honor, that works very well. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, even that for anybody that's like, Tony doesn't like anything. How many years have I been saying that I want him to trim that beard? He trimmed it. It's a good thing. Well, it's the only good thing that came out of this. Shaved head. I like him better when he's got a little bit more hair. I've forgotten head. that he started the Yes Movement with that look yeah but i just so closely associate the yes movement with the uh the long beard and the scruff i I like it it's definitely 
probably a lot easier for him. So that's always good. But man, where, where do you want them to go from here? Because we're obviously we're gonna have uh, the next couple of things that are happening. You know, we got the hot tags, we got the mailbag, all that other kind of stuff. But we we won't be able to chime in a hundred percent on exactly everything. So, yeah, you know, what are you thinking? Do you, do you want this to be a triple threat? Do you want it to just be Brian and Wyatt at the Royal Rumble and just wait six weeks? So I I want this to be a triple threat. I kind of want Brian in the title picture at Mania, but I am also completely convinced that it's Brian Nakamura. Because they just haven't done that match. He's been trying to get that match done for like four years now, and they haven't done that match. I don't know if that's happening at Mania. I kind of, it wouldn't shock me if that happened leading up to Mania and he won the title on SmackDown and then he had some other kind of feud. The only two people at this point, Brian is a character much like, like a lot of other top stars where don't waste time. Even if I've seen it before, I want to see it. I want to see him in a feud that I know will be great. So I kind of only want to see Brian against guys like Roman or the Miz and like matches that I've seen that I know can kill it. Cause I don't want them to waste a Daniel Bryan WrestleMania on Braun Strowman. Like that doesn't interest me or good Lord help me. If you do, if you try to force yet another Sheamus match with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> oh, oh my God. There's a good chance that it happens. <laughs> there's a strong chance. Oh my God. Look, my, you just made me so paranoid about this. And now. let me tell you something. Sheamus return to that old look. Have you seen his hair? Have you seen Brian's uh, hair? Like, God damn it. There is a good chance that this happens. Like it's, it's there. It's possible. And I don't want to see that. I want to see Brian against the Miz or something. Give me Brian Miz. Give me Brian Sami Zayn. Brian Nakamura. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, man, even like the ones that feud-wise wouldn't be all that much sense, like Brian against Mustafa Ali or... I mean, shit, give me Brian versus Drew Gulak. He's underrated as all hell. Yeah, he wants that match. Brian against Cesaro. Like, there's lots of different options. Just give me somebody that I know he can work well with. And yes, he can work well with Sheamus, but stop trying to force that match at WrestleMania. Would not shock me at this point. He'll go through, he'll go through Shorty G, he goes through Mustafa Ali, oh my and then Brian Brian is the final. Oh no, it's going to happen. <laughs> and he beats him at WrestleMania to become the Intercontinental it's Champion. 17 too. seconds of that. Oh my god, it's probably gonna happen now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, we had uh, Rusev versus Bobby Lashley at a tables match. The, to, to be honest, it wasn't as bad as some of the other things that led up to it, but it's, I still just hate this feud. This was what you would think it is? There was one good thing about the match, when Lashley threw the table into the Yeah, rooms. that was cool. Like that? I don't, I don't remember liking anything else. <laughs> it wasn't the worst table match I've ever seen. I, yeah, I can't hate on it that much. I ended up giving this a middle of the road because I was like, well, it ain't a highlight. <laughs> like, that's for sure. It's not a highlight, but it's not as bad as some of the other things. So, 
I guess this feud's continuing. Yay. No, well, they kind of made it seem like it's over. And they, I hope so. There's really no grounds for it to continue. I just don't know why you're splitting up the actual husband and wife. Like, Because, damn it, if I can't have love, then nobody else can. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if they literally got together because they were paired together, and they literally stopped the one breakup angle by getting engaged for real and showing TMZ. Why, why, why are you doing this to them? Why are you forcing this on them? That that writer, Jeff or whatever, is just sort of backstage and it's like, so uh, we need to have like some reason for Randy Orton and AJ Styles to fight. And Rusev Somebody and Lana else. are going to fucking break up because love is dead <laughs> and love yeah. dies and things end. <laughs> Some guys like, how about, uh, like, I don't know, maybe he costs the United States Championship for AJ Styles. And they're like, yeah, pretty good. But it's workshop. But let's think of some other ideas. Jeff, what do you think? And he's just like, I don't know, maybe Orton fucking <laughs> fucked his wife. Uh, we already have a couple of those angles going on, Phil or Jeff or whatever fucking I, I gave you, Dave. And uh, I don't think we really need another one of them. So can you think of another reason why people would feud? Well, how about instead of the one of them fucking the other one's wife, how about the other one fuck the other one's wife? <laughs> Uh, that's the same storyline. Well, I don't know. How else are you going to have an argument? Are you, gonna, you mean to tell me they're going to fight over something else? It's like, what else matters in life? But make sure you you make sure that the guy who's getting cheated on, that he says that he doesn't care about her anymore because Sharon didn't put the fucking dishes away. And like, it starts flipping out again. Uh, through the ashes of their statistically probable divorce, hope can rise anew. <laughs> Pitch meeting. I got an idea. How about Rusev and Lashley are in a, in a, a feud together? Oh, that might be cool. You know, they're two big guys. They could fight with each other. What are they feuding over? Like, you know, you think one of them should get a title opportunity or something like that? No, I was thinking that maybe, like, uh, Lana's mad that Rusev didn't take out the trash. What? Uh, yeah, because, you know, my, my ex-girlfriend, she used to do that, and that's, that's the reason they get into lots of arguments, and maybe Bobby Lashley can get along, you know. Yeah. My ex ended up going to some guy that looks kind of like Bobby Lashley, so I'm <laughs> pissed about that, and, like, just sort of... And it could all culminate with Bobby Lashley kind of half-assed throws Rusev through a table. Because it's December. Tables matches. They're a thing. No, he's probably been trying to get that match on screen. Since September, but like, wait, let's, let's wait a let's let's think if this is what we really want. No, yeah. The other member of the WWE conference table, like, there's the the dude that pitches that everybody's like, you know, women are awful and they have to be cheating on you and uh, fake pregnancies and different things. Then there's the dude that pitches like, uh, hey, I don't know, how about we do like KFC? We do like a double count at whatever. And then there's the other guy that just has like control over everybody and he's the one that goes stall <laughs> that's his only answer to everything stretch it out no you want to do this thing in three weeks make it eight weeks well we don't have enough uh, programming for that just do it again <laughs> you know? how do we have this uh umberto carrillo and andrade thing last for eight months or whatever and selena's gonna break up with him because love ahead <laughs> and no woman and anywhere somebody... wants to actually be business partners with a man how dare they <laughs> And then the other guy's like, look, I'm I'm sold. I'll be the third vote as long as you can at some point make them have some KFC. Sure. <laughs> we got to get KFC. the marketing. She always want to go to Popeye's. <laughs> yeah. 
We don't have any advertisement with them. The marketing guy told me so, but he waited until the last minute to tell me so. I don't know why the marketing guys always do that. <laughs> oh my God. 2019 needs to end so bad. Ah, thankfully though, we had our main event. Our main event was the Kabuki Warriors against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. This match was fucking great. Yep. Poor, poor Kyrie got the shit knocked out of her. <laughs> There were some weird things going on in this match. Like, uh, Kyrie's all pissed. She's tossing chairs. That's real dangerous because she's just like flinging them. Asuka's like a possessed cowgirl spinning a rope around. Like she's just learning how to lasso. I laughed my ass off at that. She's like, "Woo!" It's like <laughs> she got a drank a little bit of that somewhere on the beach stuff, and she's in NASCAR now and lassos. <laughs> That's what happens when you live in Florida. Yeah. Woo! I do things different in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> Woo! It's just kind of like. I'm like, all right, Calgary, Oscar, go ahead and do it that. You know, uh, new gimmick change. Jesus. The Cowbuki Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody shoot me. Why the hell did I think of that? It's 12 23 a.m. I think that's an excuse. Oh my fact, god. If anybody can draw <laughs> If anybody can draw, draw a picture of Kyrie Sane and Asuka as cowgirls and make them a Kalbuki Warriors and Can't Carolyn do that? Oh my god, I need to get her to know it now. <laughs> I'll be like, sweetie, uh for Christmas, <laughs> can you give me a drawing of the Kalbuki Warriors? She'll be like, We're gonna break up and I'm like, Oh my god, it's a new storyline. Because <laughs> no woman anywhere wants to actually please a man. <laughs> but I liked the match. I thought it was great. Uh, I really liked all the hard hitting spots. I, uh, Charlotte Flair's bump at the end was better than anything that happened the whole rest of the night. Yep. I I did not like the finish. I hated the finish. Well, did you want Lynch and I Flair sure to win? did. I told you. I thought it was like it made the most sense. You can squeeze so much shit. Out of Becky and Charlotte, if they're allowed to go to all three brands, you can put them against Sasha and Becky. You can put them against the Horsewomen on NXT. You can put them against um, Bliss and Cross if you need to get through a week. And now it's just like, all right, they have nothing. Or what are they going to do? Fight each other at the Rumble? I would not be shocked if it's Oscar versus Becky Lynch. It seems like and if they do like uh, Kyrie on the outside and Charlotte on the outside or something, maybe. It seems like they're going with Oscar's got Kyrie's number. And that may just be me doing wishful thinking. Like, you mean Becky? I mean, yeah, Oscar's got Becky's number. Uh, that may just be me having wishful thinking, but Oscar and her. Kabuki Warrior Lasso did stop Becky Lynch <laughs> from winning the titles. You know, all the repeat stuff that I keep saying, coincidentally repeating, and uh, how they don't seem to really want to like do a whole lot of things and really think hard and do work and all that. Correct. Why are we back in square one again from last year? Literally. Whole... Literally back in square one. Asuka and Charlotte and Becky. Becky, and if we do Becky against Asuka again at Royal Rumble, then it'll be like, well, they're just doing the same match again. And if they do that and they just build towards Charlotte and Becky, it's like, well, then you don't have any ideas. That's the problem is you 
you don't want to do anything but the same thing over and over again, which is like, are you forgetting that you did this? Or are you saying that you don't believe in absolutely anybody else to be able to do anything other than that? Even if you incorporate Ronda Rousey, which that was something that I was thinking to myself and Emilio had left a comment on the live coverage saying, do you think that it's going to be the Bray Wyatt match or the Kabuki Warriors match? And I said, well, it depends on what their big surprise is. If it's going to be that they're just banking on the Daniel Bryan thing being the big surprise, then that's going to be the end of the night. If the titles change or if Ronda Rousey comes out, then the Kabuki Warriors. We didn't get any of that because their big idea of a surprise was, ah, we're just going to have the Roman Reigns still feuding again. But if they would have done like Ronda Rousey come out and cost them the match or something, then I think that that would have been like good and bad. And the good side of it is people are going, oh, Ronda Rousey's back. Oh, that's, oh, that's so cool. Oh, my God. The bad side of it is, yeah, here we go well, again. then we are still just doing the same thing again. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, then you have to do the triple threat again. Not necessarily. Well, if they wouldn't, then Charlotte be like, why wouldn't Charlotte forcing herself into these situations. She's got nothing going on. L- last year, literally, they had Becky come on screen. Ironically, this has to do with Asuka as well. And say, what are you even bringing to the main event match? I won the Rumble. Ronda's the champion. Why are you here? And she just goes, oh yeah, bitch, watch this. And wins the SmackDown title just because Charlotte Flair has to be involved in everything. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Charlotte Flair. When we did the fantasy draft, she was my number one pick. But you can't force her into everything. Where do you think they're going with this for WrestleMania? Because now I think more than anything, Shayna Baszler is losing on Wednesday, and it's going to be Shayna wins the Royal Rumble, and she fights Becky. If I'm still going with Ronda as my overall number one pick, because I am not believing that you signed her through 2021, and you're not going to have her at every WrestleMania. You had Brock Lesnar. At every WrestleMania for the last eight years. I'm sure that barring a pregnancy, they're going to have Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. So, Ronda's my first pick. Shayna's my second. And if they absolutely have nothing else going on, then Charlotte Flair is making this for a rumble. And it's Charlotte and Becky at WrestleMania. I mean, it has to be one of those three options. Or some kind of, you know, put them all together type thing. Because the other end of that, on the SmackDown side, it's got to be Becky, or not Becky, Bailey and Sasha, right? I still think it's not going to be. What do you think they're going to do for SmackDown? I don't think that they know. But I don't think they're going to do you that. You can't shut on think... SmackDown two, two years in a row. You got around. Yeah, <laughs> hold my beer. That's what their <laughs> response is going to be here on that one. It would not shock me at all if they go into Elimination Chamber not quite knowing what they're going to do. Well, if you look at Kofi Mania, that's very plausible. Hell, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if this Lacey Evans and uh, Bailey thing, if that's their idea of the one and only thing that they're interested in. And if they drag that out until WrestleMania, oh, don't do that. <laughs> uh, putting it out there, don't be shocked if they do. Like Shayna wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Becky, and we wait a month, 
and we get the build towards Elimination Chamber, and the Elimination Chamber for the SmackDown side of things is, like, a number one contenders thing, because you would get, like, Sasha, Carmella, Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans, and Mandy Rose, for instance. Put them all in there, Lacey Evans wins, and look at that, oh, she's going to fight Bailey at WrestleMania. That wouldn't shock me. That's not enticing at all, I'm sorry. Nope. No, it isn't. <laughs> but I don't think the WWE cares. I mean, look at how most of this card went down. Well, I always tell hey. you, December sucks. Like, that's a given. Yeah, but how many times have we said that throughout this year? Where it's like, well, it's going to suck until WrestleMania. Ah, it's going to suck until Survivor Series. Uh, SummerSlam. Ah, it's going to suck until Survivor Series. Ah, it's going to suck until Royal Rumble. I even read somebody on Twitter who has, like, WWE in her handle say yeah i i stopped watching after SummerSlam, and then i picked back up for the rumble and then i watch rumble through SummerSlam, and then i stop and then you know it's like people are preconditioned to not watch after SummerSlam. change that that's very easy to do you're a fake business you you run on storylines you want people to tune into your shit. This is the thing I always said about Lesnar. Have Lesnar lose the belt on Raw. Make people feel bad that they didn't tune into Raw. Show, mm-hmm. show them that, hey, you know, tune into Raw. It's important. Same thing for everything. If you are worried that people don't know what's going on and that you need to put recaps out there all the time and you need to remind them every single don't week what happened in the previous out three there weeks. And then make them go, oh man, I like this product. I should probably watch. Yeah. Be like, shit, that happened? Oh, I, I don't know what's going to happen next week. And I'm not going to have the safety net of knowing that if I miss it, that I can watch it next week when you recap the whole thing all over again. Or do a rematch. Or, you know... Then again, though, people are like, oh, if I want to see it, I'll download the thing or I'll like uh, or YouTube. check it out on YouTube and I'll check it out and stuff. And it's like, well, OK, that you can't get around that. But that this goes but back the to same... the theme of the conversation of, again, I want to be in a marketing meeting where it's just like, yeah, but our YouTube numbers are great. And have you seen the YouTube numbers for Lana and Rusev and Lashley? This fucking killing it. We can't have them wrestle until we're absolutely sure we want to end this thing. Even then, though, I mean, if every TV show and every movie was thinking to themselves that they need to counterbalance people that are like, oh, if I'm interested, I'll check it out later. People do have to check it out. Yeah. God, it's almost like we we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so who knows how we're going to go from here, or where we're going to go from here, I should say, not how. I don't know, how could work too, because it's like, how are we going to sit there and watch this? <laughs> you know? I think I know how we're going to go from here. Uh, I think we're going to the mailbag next. Hot tags, technically. Oh, yes, we always do the hot tags. Which means that even though it's 1234, make a wish, everybody. One, two, three, four. I wish that this product gets a lot better. <laughs> uh, I got to do the whole Chronicle. I got to watch the Broken Skull sessions. We're going to be talking about those tomorrow night on the Hot Tags. There's not really all that much else that's happening right you now. You say that. Knock change. on wood. Throw salt over your shoulder. You know damn well. By the time we get here tomorrow, you're going to go, wow, Monday was busy. Maybe. Hopefully, if it is that 
the kind of scenario. It's good things, not bad things. And we're going to talk about that stuff when we talk about that in the hot tags. After that, we're going to do the mailbag. So send in those questions if you haven't done that already. And then we're going to start recording the end of the year awards. So as I mentioned before, vote as soon as you possibly can for the awards. It is only really right now just the co-host of the year and the best and the worst segments. So it's not like it's like a you know super complicated thing, but I want to have a good gauge of your thoughts on that for the end of the year. And we're either going to start recording this on Wednesday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday or <laughs> across all of those days. But the point being the very like latest that I will shut this poll off is going to be Monday. So you don't have a whole lot of time and it could be as early as Friday, for instance, that I shut the poll off the earlier you vote, the better. And that way your votes will actually, you know, be contributed towards that. And the same thing for the fan feedback survey that one, I I will keep just out there longer than that, because that doesn't have anything that directly ties to making sure that we got like the awards votes and stuff, but you know, we got to, cram this stuff in there. I'm hoping to have that stuff all recorded and in the bank and edited and scheduled to go up on Christmas. And uh, then a little bit after that, we're going to get into the one to watch and the future endeavors forecast. And we're going to record that in advance a little bit too, because that'll go up on new year's and it's going to be a little difficult to do that and record when people are shooting off fireworks and stuff. So we're going to do that ahead of time as well. But we're going to be talking to you guys. We're going to be having these kind of things. Uh, well, hold on. And... Let's, let's just go all the way. And then on January 4th, Calum and I will do uh, – a oh, 4th and 5th, sorry. Calum and I will do the Wrestle Kingdom review shows. Maybe Tony will join us for those. Maybe not. And then January 11th, we have NXT TakeOver Blackpool. And then before you know it, it's the Royal Rumble. And now look, here we go again. We're back in February. How do we do that? <laughs> yeah, along the way we're also going to do a Royal Rumble fan ounce table at some point we're going to do a mailbag in January uh, it's probably going to be after the Royal Rumble I think that's like the week after that we've got the whole setup that we might do at some point I don't know how we're going to do it but somewhere along the way we were hoping to do uh, a watch along of the XFL uh, oh, game we have to we absolutely we got Worlds Collide, have Take over Portland, like you said, Call the Spot, Mailbag, AEW Revolutions coming to February 20, uh, 29th. Uh, NXT Chamber and Portland, so so Portland. 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 <laughs> 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 Random ass accent there. We're going to go to Portland. <laughs> go to, we're going to go to Portland, Oregon. And, you know, we got to go. And, I mean, who the hell knows about telling you to Valentine's Day? Which is when we might actually be recording some of this. How many cuck angles will there be on television (laughs) by Valentine's Day? We might have a call a spot on that or something. I don't know. Uh, But all that stuff's happening. Uh, I got stuff cooking for Fanboys Anonymous. I already wrote out the majority of um, the Fanboys Film Awards. The only thing that's going to change it now is if I watch the Six Underground movie. And I highly doubt that I'm going to really watch that. I watched the first couple minutes of it and I turned it off. I don't think I'm going to finish it. Uh, and when I watch Star Wars, that might be factored in. So uh, your Fanboys Film Awards is coming up at some point over the next bunch of days. 
Star Wars is coming up on Thursday, so I am going to watch that and probably hate it with a passion. And Caroline has already told me she doesn't watch Star Wars. She doesn't like those movies, really. And she's like, I'm going because I want to see how angry you are. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm like, another thing, fucking raise. First Order is just a goddamn empire. I'll get into that when I get into that. And uh, I might be seeing Knives Out, so I might be writing something about that. I've been waiting on that one. Um, So, I don't know. There's plenty of stuff happening on Fanboys, and I wish that I could do more. But at the very least, with the Pick Your Poison tier, Guest 5 has made sure that we are going to do the Sub-Zero fan fan tracks, I should say. So that's coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever I get around to editing, uh, recording, and then editing that. We got the merch shops, we got the Patreon, you got the stuff on Fanboys and on Smart Cam Moment on Facebook and Twitter and on the websites. You got podcasts, you've got articles, you got lots of stuff. So just start clicking around, follow all these things, donate if you can, if you got the spare change, hit those like buttons, hit those subscribe buttons, follow us all over the place, do all that kind of stuff. You guys know the score by now. Yeah, and if you don't know where you can follow and support me, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at DudeFelice. You can go to robertdfelice.com, which is a centralized hub of everything I'm doing, specifically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, wrestlezone.com, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fightful.com, subscribe to Fightful Select, subscribe to the WrestleZone podcast feed. I do the WrestleZone daily Monday through Thursday on the Facebook channel, uh, and 2001 Wrestling Odyssey, which is on this very channel. So if you're listening to this, you should be aware of that. It's where Cal Wiggins and I go back into 2001 and we review everything. The final episode should be coming up shortly because it is December. Yeah, stay tuned for that and everything else that's coming your way, everybody. And thank you for listening to this. Thank you for leaving your comments below. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for being more loyal than wives in the WWE. <laughs> And we'll see you next time, because this has been another Smart Count moment, but we're being counted out.